Welcome, everybody, to a very special episode, episode 29 of the Dream Team Podcast. Merry Christmas to everyone listening to the podcast. It's finally the big day. We've all been waiting for this lovely, lovely wintry day to come. Santa has come and stalked the presents under the tree, so much so that Spencer's missing this episode because he's still opening up his presents. What a lucky little boy. But for the other two who have opened up their presents, as well as me, Jake Schultz, your host, I'm joined by Zolfi Shake. What's up, what's up? And Daniel Ramos. What's good? Merry Christmas, boys. How are we doing? Merry Christmas, man. I'm good. Very yeah, happy. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Hope everyone's having a fun time. Does it feel like Christmas to you guys? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I'm going to say no. I need, like, I hate snow more than anyone, but here in Canada, I need a white Christmas. I just do. Like, it looks better. It feels better. Get some, like, light, fluffy snow on the ground for me. It'll feel more like Christmas. I agree with you. I, I wonder if that's just like a, I, it's always been like a childhood thing for me is that snow equates to Christmas. Yeah. But the last couple mm. of years, it's been like really more often than not a green Christmas and like it's raining mm. out. And it's like, how does that equate to Christmas to me? It doesn't feel like that, that magic of Christmas. I don't know. I guess that's just the child in me that wants it no. to be special. I'm but. with you. No, I agree. I agree. We won't be getting snow till January, though. If you guys uh, read my article on the Star, I wrote a little weather report. Actually, <laughs> oh, oh my goodness! So it's, it's not a white Christmas, unfortunately, but it will come in January. So. Oh, that's depressing because I don't want snow in January. I don't want snow in January either. But <laughs> Literally, I just want it on time. Christmas. <laughs> I know. I don't. I don't get it. Have we have we been watching any Christmas movies recently? Any any Christmases to get in the festive spirit? I've watched a couple, but not as much as I normally do. Actually, I don't. I think I watched The Grinch last week because I just one, that's man. one of my favorite, the my OG favorites. One? But I don't think I've watched anything else. Yeah, the one with Jim Carrey, the best. It's the best one, best one. Pure that's comedy. one of your favorite Christmas movies. I, I, yeah, I, bro, I love that movie. So I was listening to another podcast, the No Young's Pod, and they did like this uh, Christmas draft where they were trying to draft the worst version of Christmas. And uh, <laughs> one of the topics was like worst Christmas movie. And uh, Trey Kirby, first overall pick, took the original Grinch. He says it's overrated. He said he picked it for his worst Christmas movie. I'm curious what you guys think. Yeah, I would agree I... with him. I'm not a fan of that movie, man. Like at all. Like, Genuinely, the Jim, Jim Carrey Carrey's one. performance in that movie. Yeah, the Jim Carrey one. His performance oh, you in the movie hear is his just performance. No, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Oh my god, it's so stupid. You're, you're just it's saying so that for dumb, attention. You're just, no, I'm yeah, not saying no, that no, for no. attention. You can check my letterbox. No, check no, no, my no. Cinemates podcast if you think I don't believe it. I had this very debate with a uh, friend of the pod, Mike Jose Collins. It's not a good movie, you know man. I understand I, it's a polarizing opinion based or not opinion, but I understand it's a polarizing movie. Apparently, that people either love or hate. But let me tell you some of the funniest scenes that I still quote regularly. But to be fair, I do like like shitty movies that like dumb humor i love dumb humor so yeah I'm with but you know what it's a great movie it's a great movie there's so many iconic scenes the the when he's trying to close he's like that's it i'm not going or when he like rips the the tablecloth off the table and then the stuff doesn't fall and he goes back and whips it all off like yeah. there's so many <laughs> funny scenes from that movie like i i don't get how how people don't like it or the you're yeah, an idiot like- scene so good I'm like the opposite of Jake almost or like I feel like I'm in a weird in between where I don't I think the movie itself is kind of stupid or like boring. But I, I, I like his acting. I think I, I respect his acting, like uh, the commitment he gave so to the cool. role. He has a bit of a weird voice. Like, I don't know, like, uh, again, in that podcast, they mentioned he kind of sounds like Sean Connery. And now that I've heard that, I can't unhear it. <laughs> so, like, I'm with that there. Uh, so. I, yeah, I, I like his acting, and I committed. I think his commitment there was really good. But yeah, the movie itself just doesn't hold up, especially as a grown up. Like watching it for me, I was like, eh. Like we watched the animated one too recently, and I honestly I found that a bit more entertaining. No, okay, no, no, that's no, no, no. You, you can't do that. You can't so give Illuminations flowers. How can it be so much worse? It's basically the same they story. They make like the worst no, because it kids movies out there. Bro. It wasn't Jim Carrey. It's just not as good, bro. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, uh, maybe I'm I'm also not a big Christmas movie guy. There's a couple growing up that I like thought were decent. Like, I'll say it. I think Elf sucks. I don't, okay, I don't like Elf. Chill. chill. I don't like Elf. Uh-huh. And Jess loves it, so she's going to be so mad when I when she hears this. Because uh-huh. she wants to watch it every Christmas pretty much. I don't like it. I think it's so overrated. I've definitely That's watched like, it. 
a little too many times. But yeah, and I think that's my issue with it is that it's like overplayed because it's be, like yeah. become the quintessential Christmas movie of our generation. But like, I would I would argue that Will Ferrell's performance of that is ten times better than Jim Carrey did in whatever the hell he was doing with the Grinch. Like his dedication oh, well, to that role. I don't know about that. Come on, he like, is Buddy the Elf. He that is literally an I'm iconic. Role. That's just Will Ferrell in iconic. any freaking movie. This just yeah. To, to be, be fair, Christmas, that but... is just Will Ferrell. Is that, is that not what Jim Carrey did? did? That's literally what Jim Carrey no, did. Jim the Grinch, though. No, crazy. no, no, Jim Carrey. Yeah, a grumpy, no. like grouchy dude is like the complete opposite of Jim Carrey. Usually, Jim Carrey looks like he's on Molly in half his movies. Man, like he's way different. He's way more like amped up and stuff. It's a bad movie. It's a bad take. I, I do kind yeah, of agree, though. I, I I think Christmas movies are some of the the like. The genre you when you think of like these holiday festive times like Halloween or Christmas, Halloween is like ten times better because you have so much to pick from. And Christmas mm. kind of feels like they do the same thing over and over again. And a lot of people are just like, whether it's a Hallmark movie or it's very similar to it has to have Santa in it with that specific type. And I think that's very that's at least my opinion is that Christmas movies just kind of aren't very good. Yeah, like. I think I'm with you where, like, they are played out. And for me, I think maybe I'm just a grouchy old man. I feel like they don't hold up the same anymore. Like, I I loved, and I mean loved Home Alone as a kid. But even now when I watch it, I can barely pay attention. I'm like, I kind of know what's going on. I've seen this a million times by now. And it just doesn't hit the same anymore. Like, it's just, for me, like, Christmas movies from our childhood just don't hold up for, at least for me when I'm a grown-up. I don't know how you guys feel. No, I think I think you guys are both right. The Christmas genre, because it, it's the same movies all over and over again that you're watching. You're watching Home Alone. You're watching the legendary Grinch with Jim Carrey, absolutely fantastic performance. But even that, even that, it's still if you watch it so many times, it's like you can only laugh so many times. Uh, so it's kind of it just gets too repetitive because we're we're grown we're adults now. It's like you can't laugh at the same joke fifty times no matter how many like how long it's been since you watched the movie. I think yeah, give us one of the new man. I one movie that did give us new I will give credit for is Klaus on Netflix because mm, that actually took love that movie the iconic such a good lore movie. of Santa Claus and spun it on its head into like a really cute child Christmas film. I I like that one the most. I and it won it was nominated, it didn't win. Uh so I think Spider-Verse won over it, but it was nominated for best animated film at the Oscars, so clearly I'm not alone with that. Have you guys seen Klaus or no? Yeah, I mentioned that I think last month on. Uh, on yeah, the that pod. was your favorite Christmas movie, wasn't it? When Jake oh asked? yeah, yeah, maybe. No, it, I, it was a while ago. Time, Can you blame I, me? I said at the time I was feeling close the most. It is a good movie. It's a really good movie. It's very sweet and funny. It's got some fun, some funny moments to it as well. Jason Schwartzman in Christmas movies. That's uh, apparently yeah. two of my favorite pairings. I, I love Jason Schwartzman. Underrated, underrated actor. Yeah. All right. Do we want to get yeah. into some NBA Christmas or do we want to talk about uh, what we want to open underneath the Christmas tree today? You pick, Zolfie. Where do you want to go first? Uh, we can go NBA Christmas. We can talk about our thoughts on under the Christmas tree at the end. How about that? Sounds good to me. Let's move to the NBA because within years, the NBA has kind of dominated Christmas with all of their Christmas games, I would argue the NFL is kind of coming for their head right now. Oh, but yeah. we'll stick with the NBA and talk about the five games that are happening on Slate tonight. So you can sit by the fire, have that Christmas tree up, and enjoy some good hoops. Let's start with the first one, a rematch of a game that is at the time of the recording. I'll, I'll pull the curtain back just a little bit. Uh, currently playing right now, Bucks and Knicks. They're having a rematch in the exact same venue at basically the exact same time. So the NBA is just assigned to do a rematch of that two days later. Bucks and Nick Zolfi, are you excited for this game or no? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, if I, I wish I didn't know that they played like two days before Christmas in the same venue, the exact same matchup, because that definitely does take away some of the excitement. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they faced off in the in-season tournament as well, didn't they? In like the – was it the I'm Knicks pretty Celtics sure. or was it Knicks-Bucks in the No, it was Knicks-Bucks and the Bucks waxed them. Yeah. so like it was the first knockout round, right? Yeah, wasn't yeah. it? So, it's, again, it's the same matchup. Like they, they played way too many times, clearly. Uh, so, yeah, that's taken away some of the excitement for me. But an Eastern Conference matchup of like – quote-unquote, like, story franchises. Maybe people don't see the Bucks as a story as the Knicks, obviously. 
but I think like older franchises. So I think it has the making of being fun. But if coming into this game, again, at the time of this recording, this Knicks-Bucks game on the 23rd hasn't ended, but if that's also a waxing, then it's going to be like, okay, maybe the Knicks just can't keep up with this Bucks team. But I'm curious what you guys think, because I know last time when we talked, Jake, uh, you mentioned how, because we were talking about the all-star voting and how you didn't think Damian Lillard was going to get much, not that you didn't think he's going to get consideration, you didn't think he should, because the Bucks are still trying to figure it out. And you're absolutely right that they are, but they're also 21-7. and seven. So a Bucks team that hasn't figured it out is still second in the East at 21-7. and seven. So I still think they're an insane team. So I'm curious if you think this game even holds up as a close contest. Uh, I don't think it'll be a close contest. I feel like the Bucks have kind of had their number recently and at the like we said at the time of recording uh they're up almost 20 points right now so it, it's okay. not necessarily like these are even close matchups it just kind of seems like the bucks have an answer which is a little strange because the knicks have had one of the better defenses in the league this year mm-hmm. but no i i still carry on my my talk about damian Lillard. like he's still had extremely bad shooting nights since that conversation he like genuinely has i don't understand just where it's gone i he's supposed to be one of the best shooters in the league but the last couple games five for 17 right now he's one for seven like he just doesn't seem to have his shot going for him and yeah no i I don't think that's going to erase him out of the all-star voting because i think fans will get his chance to get him in there regardless but no i'm not excited for this matchup not really I, i don't think that the knicks are necessarily an entertaining team to watch they're very similar to the Bucks, where it feels like they kind of grind games out a little bit with their defense. Yeah. Uh, just the Knicks a little bit more so than the Bucks, but Brunson's been really that only bright spot on that team that I've really enjoyed watching this year. So no, I'm not. I'm not really excited for it. It'll be on in the background, and I'll be like, "Oh, cool, the Bucks are up by 30 right now." But I, I don't know. It's the first game on the slate for a reason. Am I right? Yeah, for sure. Dan, yeah, are you I, excited? I, <laughs> uh, I think it's like you know. But kind of like you, like Zolfi said, like we already seen this matchup like multiple times throughout the season. Uh, but I am kind of excited for another narrative. I know we all saw what Becky Hammond said about small guards like can't mm-hmm. be the best player on your team. And like for the record, I do agree with her in majority of cases. Obviously, excluding Steph, but he's a generational player, so I don't know if that really counts. I also think Steph um, is small. He's six three. How small? Like really six three? Isn't I feel that like small? In, I feel like in today's NBA. I would consider that small, it, especially like in terms of like muscle and stuff like that. Like, he, I feel like he can get back down pretty easily in the post. But regardless, like, if he is considered small, he's absolutely the exception because he's a generational player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm, I, I want to see Jalen Brunson on Christmas Day, the national stage. Not going to say prove it wrong because it's a Christmas Day game; it's not the NBA Finals. But you know, go up against probably one of the best big mans in the league in Giannis. So it's like the perfect like matchup to say like, hey, Becky, uh, I saw what you said. Uh, take that back. And I want to see Brunson go off. Uh, so I think looking at it from like that narrative could make it fun. But honestly, other than that, yeah, I don't really know uh, how fun it's going to be. They're, they're both kind of like you said, Jake, like gritty teams that like really like get down. And which I respect. I love that style of play. I mean, we, we watch Raptors do that for like, I don't know how many years. Um, but we're not going to be watching. I don't think we're going to be watching like, crazy uh like celtics ball movement kind of thing uh with this game so yeah other than like the brunson like facing off against like an elite superstar big man uh i yeah i'm not too interested in the game personally let's move on to what i genuinely this might be a hot take uh correct me if i'm wrong i think it's the game of the day i i'm gonna say it i think that the warriors and the nuggets is the game of the day on Christmas Day. And here's why. The Warriors, since Draymond Green decided to be a clown, have improved their game. They're on, at the time of recording, a four-game win streak, most likely going to be moved to five as they play Portland on Saturday. Steph Curry's been played very, very well. The whole team in general just seems like they've started to sort of figure it out. Chris Paul aside, and it's honestly pained me a little bit to watch Chris Paul, because my God, my sixth man of the year pick has not turned out very well. That boy is oh so wash and it's kind of painful to watch. But no, I I think that they've kind of turned a little bit of a leaf here. And the the Nuggets are the Nuggets. They are the defending champs. They have been absolutely ridiculous. Seeing them up close and personal at the Raptors game was just a general treat because watching Nikola Jokic move the way he does and play the way he does I, I was talking to Zolfi a little bit off pod and we'll get to the Sixers a little bit later but the stark differences between watching 
Nikola Jokic play basketball and the way that he approaches his offense and the way that Joel Embiid approaches his offense is just a night and day difference because they're two similar big men. One's a little bit more athletic than the other, sure, but the one that isn't as athletic is making up for it with his vision and his IQ, and the other one is making up for it with the free throws and going to the line and hunting down every single free throw that he can get, and it's honestly painful, but I think that that contrast between Steph and Jokic will always be fun to watch. I think this is another one. I think the Warriors could try to pull up an upset here. It's not in... Golden State, it's not in the shiny state, so it could be a little bit harder there. And I'm sure that the Nuggets are going to be loving the fact that they have a Christmas game as the defending champions finally getting some respect on their name. So I I don't know. It could be a hot take. I just think it's going to be the game of the day. I mean, I don't know if it's like a super hot take. There's definitely some other games I would consider. But yeah, Warriors, Nuggets, two teams that actually recently won a championship who have a lot of cachet in the Western Conference two of the best players in the NBA on each team. So I think that's definitely a big draw for it as well. I'm really curious to see how the Nuggets do against a team that's, I guess the Warriors are 500. They're not above 500, but their record this season against like, I guess like more like serious teams hasn't been super, super impressive. They're, I think almost even in, in their games against teams above 500. And granted a lot of that has been without Jamal Murray because he's been hurt for the most part. So he's kind of getting back into a groove. So it's impressive to see them dismantle the Raptors, but that doesn't give me that much to take away because we all know what the Raptors have been this season. So I'm curious to see how they do against a team that's hot right now, going in the right direction, figuring themselves out. And uh, Steph Curry is always good for just a crazy explosion. You just never know what he's going to do. So I'm curious to see how the Nuggets hold up with that and what they can do this year because they they definitely are still a championship contender and one of the favorites. But you're not going, at least right now, you're not going in being like this team is unstoppable. Because you have seen a couple teams that match them up pretty well. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I completely agree. Like, it really just comes down to Steph and Jokic. Like, Jokic is going to play his game. Everyone knows what Jokic does. Like, best player in the league. Uh, like, no dispute. So, obviously, they're the favorites because of that. But Steph can go off for a crazy game. I would love to see that. I'm kind of loving this uh, guard versus, like, big man uh, matchups this Christmas so far. At least for the, for the games that we've covered so far. It's kind of cool. I'm looking at the, the one- other games here, do they have the same? Uh, not really, but the first two games we talked about, like, I like that uh, that guard like as the best player versus the uh, big man as best player. Uh, the also, one thing that gives me a little bit no, of a sorry, pause. Ahead, so, uh, I was just going to say, the one thing that gives me a little bit of pause about the Nuggets, because we haven't really had a chance to highlight them, I think, as much as some other teams on this podcast. Their bench is really, really bad. Like, I I would argue that it is rivaling the Raptors as, like, one of the worst benches in the league. They get zero efficiency from that bench. And Christian Brown hasn't really taken that next step. But a lot of the other guys on that team, like, they just don't really feel like they're a championship bench. And I don't know if you necessarily need to be. But what everyone talked about last year was the depth that the Nuggets had. And it feels like with the offseason, with a lot of their moves, losing Bruce Brown, losing some of those other pieces, that they don't really have that relief. And we saw it in the Raptors game. The Raptors torched their bench, like destroyed their bench. Uh, and that gives me a little bit of pause on the Nuggets. I think that, that fares well with your point, Zulfi, is that like when it comes to these other big championship teams that have a lot better players on the bench, that, that matchup kind of gets exploited a little bit there. Yeah, like... They basically have, like, as close to an all-rookie bench as you can get. Like, all their guys are super young. Their bench is very inexperienced. And it's hilarious. You're right. Against the Raptors, they put basically five bench players out there who, again, were basically all rookies. And the Raptors made a comeback. But this starting lineup is so good that they weren't even worried. And I wasn't worried that the Nuggets were going to still pull out the win. Because just the second the starters came back in, they're like, yeah, we're going to take care of business. We're not we're not stressed about this. But it's interesting because, like, I find them, like, similar to the Warriors in a way is, like, I feel like the Nuggets are in year one of the we're going to try to do our old school lineup and then our new school lineup, like our young guys and our old guys. And we're going to try to like get them to like our two pathways to kind of start molding together like the Warriors. I, I said this before, trying to be young and old at the same time generally doesn't work in the NBA. 
trying to develop young guys while still trying to win with your old guys is really, really hard to do, which is why when the Warriors started doing it, it looked really bad. And they kind of went away from it really quick. Like Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga went to the bench. But like this whole thing with Draymond Green has kind of forced some of these guys into bigger roles. And you're seeing Jonathan Kaminga starting to play really well. You see a Brandon Pajemski, who's a, who's a rookie, but he's just such a NBA-ready guy that he's contributing right away. So the Warriors are kind of like further on in this process, and they're starting to figure out how they can play the young and the old together. Whereas I think the Nuggets are probably in step one of that process right now. So I'm really interested because I completely agree with you, Jake. Like their their bench is a problem right now, but they're also so young and their starting lineup is so good that they're probably like, we're willing to risk that because we want these guys to develop. Yeah, again, just compl- I agree with you on everything Zolfi so far. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, it really is. Zolfi knows like, ball. There's, I try, knows man, ball, I try. man. Like their starting lineup is just like, I think one of the most well put together starting lineups I've seen like in a very long time like it just every player complements each other so well and like we can talk about obviously the big names but like even guys like Aaron Gordon who just like fit that team so well I remember back when he was on Orlando like people would talk about him being like an all-star and obviously that didn't like end up happening but you know he he turned into a perfect player for a championship team that like he's not the main guy but he's going to do his job. And like, I personally appreciate players like that more than anything, because I think it takes a lot, especially a player like Aaron Gordon, who was arguably the best player on the magic for like a few years, uh, which I, I, during that time, I don't know if that's saying much, but uh, to be able to step back into a role and, and, and know your role and then play it uh, like that takes a lot. And like their starting lineup is just so good that like, yeah, like you said, they're in this transition period, but I don't know even know how much it matters at this point. Cause they're just so they're a well-oiled machine and they're just calculated the starting lineup and everything they do. And if those, those five guys are on the court, like what are you going to do? <laughs> like nothing, bro. So that's, uh, that's what's so interesting to me about it. I, I love, I love like players like Aaron Gordon and stuff like that. So that stood out to me the most. Aaron Gordon buying into his role is genuinely one of the biggest shocking things that ever happened. Cause I remember the trade happening and everyone's like, Oh, like what? He doesn't really, I don't really see where he's going to fit in here. And for him to just be like, yeah, no, I'll take a step back and be the fourth option on the team. Genuinely, like, the best fourth option you could ever have on a team. Like, it's incredible that he bought into the role that the way he did. And says a lot about his character that he did so. So, no, I'm, I'm excited to watch this game. Zolvi, did you have anything else to add? I know I cut you off a little bit earlier. No, I just, I, I mentioned this to you, Jake, like, uh, when we were watching the Raptors Nuggets, like, to Dan's point, this starting lineup is just so unfair, man. Like, imagine you somehow are able to lock up Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray and force the ball out of their hands, or, like, they take a shot and it misses, and it falls in the lap of Michael Porter Jr., who's a 40% three-point shooter. Or it falls in the lap of uh, Aaron Gordon driving baseline, who can slam it down like nothing. Like, you have two athletic perimeter wings who play opposite games for the most part, but do exactly what you need. One of them is a really good shooter. One of them is a really good driver. And then you just literally need to fill in anybody at shooting guard. You have KCP, who's a vet. You have younger guys in a Christian Braun and some other people who can fill in in those spots. Like, it's just so unfair how well this lineup has fit together. Like, they just, Dan's right. Like, the starting lineup is insane. Like, it's not, you can't do anything about it. From one insane starting lineup to the other. Next game on the schedule, Boston Celtics taking on the Lakers at home. I feel like most people would say that this would have been their most anticipated game. And that would maybe be if the Lakers were playing a little bit better than they were since winning the in-season tournaments, they lost four straight four of the last five as well. They, uh, yeah, I don't know. It it just feels like the Lakers are kind of in their, their in-season tournament slump, you know, when the champions win the hangover afterwards, that's what they're going on right now. A little in-season tournament hangover and it's fine. It's in the middle of the season. Is there much of a pause for concern, though, Zolfi? Are you concerned with the way that the Lakers have been performing recently? I, I want to say yes, just because, like, some of like you're hearing the rumblings again. Are the Lakers going to need to make a move? Are they going to try to push for Zach Levine? Guys that last season during the playoff push and later in, you're like, oh, Rui Hachimura is starting to fit with this team. He's looking good. And now, very quickly, the same fan base is saying, like, oh, maybe we can move a guy like Rui Hachimura to get, like, a guy like Zach Levine and some other guys. Gabe Vincent hasn't really worked out. So I, I am a little concerned in that regard. But for the most part, like, hasn't these last five games just felt like LeBron doesn't care enough about these games? Because when he does, like, in the in-season tournament, he's going to turn up and this team's going to look, like, a million times better. And, like, 
if LeBron shows up on Christmas Day and says, oh, I really want to try this game because it's the Celtics and uh, it's a Celtics-Lakers matchup, like, he's probably going to have an insane game and this game is going to get closer than it should be. So, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not totally concerned because the past five games, I'm like, you know what? LeBron went to IST and he's probably like, eh, I'm going to chill out for a little bit. Because when he does decide to turn up, he's still one of like the best guys in the NBA. So I'm not I'm not stressed out too much. I think this is going to be a fun game if he sh- comes out and acts like he cares. I, I have a bit of pause to that quickly. Uh, does LeBron like? I feel like he does care though because since he won the in season tournament, he's had two triple doubles and a near triple double on insanely efficient shooting. So like, where yeah. where's that disconnect that's happening there? Because when he's throwing up. 25 11 and 11 against the Knicks in a loss 25 10 and 9 in Chicago in a loss like where where else is the other issues coming from because I don't think it's LeBron and Anthony Davis that are letting the team down I think it's everyone else around them D'Angelo Russell is coming off the bench on December 23rd so he's already played off of the bench like there's issues with the other players around this team. It's all when we thought suddenly one of the deepest teams in the league with all of these players that they got at free agency, whether it was Rui Hachimura re-coming re- up, Cam Reddish, which honestly has been their best player that they got in free agency. Gabe Vincent, like you said, hasn't really worked out. And then there's other players that are out there. Jared Vanderbilt has just straight up not been playing, and when he does, he's not very good. You got their rookie, who also has been hurt, Jalen Huchifino, like He's played five games this year, so their depth is just not really there Christian Wood, God, we, we've talked about him at length. It's, yeah, he has been an absolute failure for this team, and I see why you guys were so low on him. But like they have all of these players, but it's just not really working. So I think that the big guys are performing, but the other guys that were expected to as well, Austin Reeves, like they're just not showing up. Um, yeah, I think like there's just multiple guys on the Lakers that I uh, just don't really believe in. And you mentioned a few of their names. Obviously, I've, I've talked about Christian Wood enough. I don't really think I need to go like over what I think about him. But you want to rag even him guys again? like D'Angelo Russell, I just don't think he's like a winning player, like for a championship team. Like, if you have I, the way I see it is like if you have a duo like LeBron and AD, you should be like working your hardest to trade guys like D'Angelo Russell and Christian Wood away for complementary pieces. And make yeah, of course they probably thought in the moment they were complementary pieces, but like. I just, like, don't see much from those guys. And I honestly thought that D'Angelo Russell would have been traded, like, before the season started, personally. I just didn't think he, like, is a player that's good enough to play with LeBron. So um, I'm not, like, like, I'm a little worried about the team just because, like you said, the pieces are, like, Jared Vanderbilt, I've always liked him, but, like, has he ever really been a good offensive player? Uh, No, never in his career. He's a really good defensive player, though. I will give that. But he's never like everyone has always been waiting for him to to make the jump offensively, but it's never come. So like I'm not gonna like be too like disappointed in that one because like I personally didn't really I like the signing, but I didn't expect like much of him to be like a game changer or anything. Um, Gabe Vincent, that's a disappointing one, you know, because I think we expected more of him. And I did ask the question uh, as to whether or not you know Miami Heat was he a system player. Uh, which I, I I get can be a little bit of a disrespectful question, but I feel like that's kind of showing right now is maybe it's one season, so we'll we'll give it some time. But uh, yeah, he hasn't been doing that great, and like it, I think they should make a few changes, starting with with uh, with Dilo personally. Yeah, like I, I I don't know the full logistics, but they re-signed Dilo this off season, so I, I guess they can't trade him until like January is usually the the cutoff. So maybe they January look January eighth. Yeah, usually the day. I could so, be wrong, but I think it's around there. Yeah, it's definitely around there. So, like, maybe they look to move him by then because, yeah, he's just not contributing much to this team right now. Uh, Austin Reeves, when he's moved, he's been moved to the bench, and he's actually been a lot better coming off the bench. So hopefully that can help his case in terms of, like, reviving a bit of, like, that love he got to, throughout last season. Uh, but, like, Jake, you're right that this lineup has a lot of question marks. But my thing was, like, with the whole LeBron thing, it wasn't that he wasn't performing. LeBron can get 25 and 7 in his sleep. Like, that's my point. Like, he can go out there and do his thing. But, like, the LeBron I'm talking about is the one that can hide these deficiencies, who can, like, make up for these deficiencies on a routine basis like we've seen him doing in the past. And, like, I think LeBron still has an ability to do that, but just in a very limited spurts. Like, that LeBron is LeBron that's engaged defensively, which we don't see often anymore. So, like, I again... Uh, I think we said this during the incident tournament, and I think you said it, Jake. You're like, I'm not going to bet against LeBron. I'm not going to doubt LeBron. 
And like, I'm going to say that right now in terms of like my concern level for the season, I'm not going to doubt LeBron yet, even though his team has question marks, because one, we know they're very keen on making moves at a very quick notice when it seems like it's not going the right way. And two, like LeBron still has that element when he needs it the most. So I think for those reasons, I'm not super, super concerned. The Lakers are always going to be this team that are going to be thinking about making the next moves. And they've, they've had some guys work out too in this situation. Like uh, you said, Dan, like uh, Gabe Vincent hasn't, but uh, Rui Hachimura hasn't been bad, which is why he's seen as an asset worth trading for. Torian Prince has actually been really good on this team. So he's a yeah. guy that's really seemed to fit in. So they have a couple guys that make sense. Jackson Hayes has been decent, like nothing crazy, obviously. So I think like they they're just they're gonna tinker a little bit. They're gonna tinker, and then LeBron's still gonna be LeBron. And I we barely mentioned Anthony Davis, who's probably in contention or getting close to like DPOI talks. Cause he's been pretty decent too. So like they they have a good enough core, and LeBron's still LeBron. Like that's kind of the way I look at it. Yeah, I, I think it's just now is the time. I don't think that they should like you know f around and find out. I think that they need to like literally like get down to business and trade these players away because I I've defended D'Lo. But I think that he is still a good enough asset to trade away and get better pieces to surround around Davis and LeBron because LeBron is not getting any younger. Obviously, everyone's been saying that for the past 10 years. Anthony Davis is the healthiest he's ever been. Like, literally has just been very effective, has not really missed any games this year. Like, you need to capitalize on that now. Like, point blank. So if you got to move some of these other players, Gabe, Vincent, like, in and out of the lineup, he's played five games this year. Like, that's another issue because you, you don't really know what he is. Like, is he still a system point guard? Like, okay, maybe, but he just hasn't really played. He did return and then he immediately got hurt again. So it's like, you never know. I, I think, yeah, you just, you got to make a move. You, you can't wait and just be hovering around 500. Like, you need to take that step and get above to get as high as you can in the table before it gets too late. Celtics, I don't really want to cover. Like, we've, we've talked about the Celtics enough. The Celtics are the Celtics. Kristaps Porzingis. I and I want to say something. Okay, go for it. I really like Derek White. Is it because he's bald now? <laughs> no, it's because uh, I have a long history with him. I picked him up in my first year of fantasy, and uh, he's a fantasy oh, okay. god. Uh, a lot of fantasy uh, players, like hardcore players, call uh, Derek White the nine-cat god because he just hits every category for you, including like percentages and steals and blocks. And... Uh, I genuinely think he's in contention to be the second all-star for the Celtics this year. I've seen a lot of people talking about it also in Boston media. It's it's a bit of a hot take, but he is genuinely such an important player. And it just always hurts me because when he was up for sale from the Spurs, I was pleading with... I mean, you can look back on my tweets. I said, please trade for Derek White Raptors, please. And then the Celtics... I'm, and I'm now just imagining like how much he'd help this team right now. He, he'd fit in so perfectly. And thinking back what the Celtics got him for, they got him for one first-round draft pick. And uh, I believe it was, hold on, I have the trade right here, Josh Richardson and Romeo Langford, who are both no longer on the Spurs. So, like, thinking in retrospect for a player that important on the first seed now, getting him for basically just one first-round draft pick and salary filler, uh, yeah, as a Raptors fan, it is it is very hard to see because we absolutely had those picks to match, if not a better package. But uh, yeah, shout out Derek White. He's a he's an outstanding player. I feel like he's been underrated for a long time, and I think he's getting a lot of credit that he deserves right now because of, he's just been like I know he's only like averaging like sixteen points and like five assists. Those aren't really like all star numbers, but it's just his his importance to this team, which is the first seed. Is I can't I, I don't think can go understated. He's just such a good player. So uh, shout out Derek White. I'm excited to watch him on Christmas Day because he is a very solid solid player. He's like, now. he's like really the definition of an X factor, isn't he? Like he, he's that oh, yeah. spark that a team can just do so much around. And uh, you're right, the Celtics team is again like the Nuggets. Just their starting lineup is completely unfair. Their bench leaves a bit to be mm-hmm. desired. Very similar, but they're doing it at like a more elite pace than the Nuggets currently. Again, best record in the NBA, tied with the Timberwolves. And the Sixers beat the Timberwolves recently, so maybe the Celtics have a better record. I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but they're at the top of the East. That's for sure. And uh, top five defense, top five offense, this Celtics team is insane. And they're just so stacked at, at, in the top six to seven players. So it's really hard to compete with them. Uh, yeah, in terms of all-star, it would have to be, in my mind, like the, the Atlanta Hawks case from like 2015 or whenever that was, where like they were like a 60-win team and they got like a couple all-stars in there. 
So maybe if that was the case, the Celtics are rewarded the same way. It's just so tough because the name value of a Jalen Brown, because he's still putting up really good numbers. Uh, Christoph Porzingis is obviously going to be someone they might think about because his numbers are really good. And when he's been out, the Celtics haven't really looked the same. So I don't know. It's going to be tough. Jason Tatum probably starts after that. You can probably consider a couple of these guys. Which is crazy. Like that. That's the thing is like they're all apps, and obviously, like like you said, Jalen Brown's name value goes a long way because a lot of times, and not to say he doesn't deserve it, he's obviously a great player. Yeah, he's been an uh, all star. But like the all star game, what's that? He's been an all star too. So they they look at that kind of stuff exactly. as well. Exactly. But like yeah, like like they're just such a an amazing starting lineup that legit after Tatum, like there's three guys easily that could be considered yeah. pretty easily in my opinion. So you haven't even mentioned yeah, Drew Holiday. I mean, he's been a he's been yeah an Andrew Holiday exactly. So I'm I'm excited to uh, to watch them on Christmas Day. They're a really good team. You know, it hurts to say because they're the Celtics, and you know, <laughs> I think everyone who's not a Celtics fan kind of you know has a little bit of a hate for them. But I respect the team a lot. So a lot of likable players. Let's move on to the second last game: Philadelphia 76ers at Miami Heat. At the time of the recording, Jimmy Butler is questionable. He has not played the last couple of games, so that is something to look out for. But I think I think he'll end up playing there. Miami currently one and a half point favorites against Philly, a team that has been extremely hot as of late, uh, dismantled the Raptors once again. MB did in very effective fashion. He's uh, putting up the numbers for a two-time MVP, even though his game may not be as sexy as it is. Zulfi, what has Nick Nurse unlocked with Joel Embiid this season? I uh it's a great question. I don't know if he's unlocked anything with Joel Embiid. I think he's unlocked something with Tyrese Maxey. Uh more yeah, than Embiid. Yeah. I think it's just the fact that he has a a pairing with a young athletic guard who can space the floor really well and isn't kind of demanding the ball. Maxey can easily spot up and shoot cuz he's shooting insane from three point right now and he can also play with the ball in his hands and like Joel Embiid's assist numbers have gone up partly because of the shooting of Maxey and the guys around him. So I think like just that pairing itself and Nick Nurse really empowering Atari's Maxi in that pairing has worked really well. So Joel Embiid's game is like not very different from last season. Like people are seeing, I guess, the free throw like merchant part of it a lot more this season, which rightfully so. He is kind of just flopping around looking for free throws. So I think that part is maybe a bit heightened. But I think I think it's more Maxi. Like I'm gonna be sure with it. I think Maxi is the bigger change and a bigger like thing that's uh, different in the team. And I, in, coming into the season, I said like I wasn't worried about the Sixers that much because I was like, Ma- give Maxi the keys, let him be the point guard, let him figure out with this team with Joel Embiid, let him build that chemistry. James Harden can go away and be traded, and I was okay with that because I thought this was gonna. I didn't think it was gonna explode to this level. But uh, I had I saw that vision with Maxi, and it's it's working so well for them. Like yesterday against the Raptors, or when at the time of the recording, Tyrese Maxi torched the Raptors again, and it didn't look like he was trying. He was smiling and giggling the whole time while just ripping through Raptors defenders. Like he's just that good of a player now, man. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing, dude. Like Maxi literally has torched the Raptors so many times. I just can't hate on the guy. I just can't. He is so so talented. He's such a nice guy too on top of that. Like he's got a great personality and like is a very humble guy. And like to have that type of play and remain that humble is just spectacular. But he's just so talented. Like those deep threes that he was hitting. Was it was a game yesterday? Am I tripping? Was it yesterday? Yeah, the time of us recording it was yesterday. The time of us recording it was yesterday. Yeah, sorry. Um yeah, those deep threes they just hit like back to back. Like just so demoralizing. It's just like I'd have to imagine if you're like on the Raptors bench or on the court, like just seeing that go in and you're just like, damn, like, especially when they won in like, I think it was like a seven Oh run or nine Oh run. And I think he hit those like directly after, or maybe like a few minutes after, like you got to like think to yourself, like, damn, we just went on this type of run. And then this kid just comes in and does that to us. It's like, what, what are we supposed to do? And then even in beat, I know he's a, I know he, he baits fouls a lot and it is annoying. It's really, really annoying, but it is in a sense, like, Every good player, like, I hate to say it because I hate that it's a part of the game, but every good player realistically should be trying to do that, unfortunately. Because if you can get to the line 20 times and hit 18 of your shots, you're helping your team out an insane amount. Um, Is it fun to watch? No, it's kind of anti-basketball, in my opinion. I don't like it. But, you know, that's what the best players do. They know how to, uh, what's the word, morph the game or whatever, bend the game. Manipulate the game. 
Yeah, they know how to exactly. They know how to manipulate the game. That's why they're the best players in the league. They know how to get to the line. They know how to get the refs on their side. Like, look, Chris Paul, very hated person, but he knows every rule in the rule book. That's like, remember that time he called the thing delay a game because his jersey was untucked? Yeah, like little things like that. They're so annoying, but like they actually lead to your team winning. And it's like if he's on if 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 Chris Paul was on my team and did that, or Joel Embiid was on my team, I w- I'd of course be cheering him on. I'd be like, yeah, he's the best in the league at getting to the line. What about it? But he's not on my team, so it pisses me off. But I do kind of respect it while also realizing it's it's annoying to watch. But even outside of the foul baiting, he's such a, such a talented player. Like, a guy that big just, like, dropping threes in your face is just so insane to watch. So I I have hated on Embiid a lot, and he does annoy me to watch sometimes. But I have immense respect for the guy because he's genuinely just so, so talented. And... um Maxi has just torched the Raptors over and over again. So I, I'm for the Christmas Day game at least. I'm I'm taking the Sixers just because I think they're a, a objectively a better team. And uh, Nick Nurse has done a really good job of unlocking Maxi, as as Zelfie said. Uh, and he's a really fun player. And uh, yeah, I'm taking Sixers. How are we feeling about the Heat season so far? Are we a little bit disappointed, or is this just about on par what we thought was going to happen? Yeah, not disappointed at all. It's it's the Heat. And Jimmy Butler, and they don't try in the regular season. They really never have, at least Jimmy, when he, since he's been on the Heat. So uh, I'm I'm always waiting for the Heat for uh, playoff time. Always. They also haven't been like bad. They're 17 and 12. Yeah, they're right they've had injuries, uh, like you said. Uh, Jimmy's currently questionable. They obviously lost Tyler Hero for an extended period of time. Uh, Bam has kind of been figuring his thing out, and he's been decent. Kyle Lowry's had some really good games, so he's yeah. kind of uh, still showing he has a bit of it uh, in the tank. So. I don't think they've been bad, but like Dan said, they're not really a regular season team, but they're still like higher in the conference, 17 and 12. They're like, they're literally st- stuck right in the middle offensively and defensively. The 14th ranked offense, the 14th ranked defense, they're middle of the pack team when it comes to regular season. You just hope it's Jimmy time come playoffs. And that's kind of what you're going to hope for if you're a Miami Heat fan. So I'm not too, too concerned about that part of it, but I think it should be a fun matchup either way. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it, like the Heat feel like they're coasting and they're still. 17 and 12 in sixth place and i don't even think they're that far off from fifth uh fourth and fifth are 16 and 11 if the heat get one more win and those two teams lose they're literally in fourth place so i i'm not worried about them because again like i said it feels like they're coasting and they're still where they are so i'll see them playoff time uh one last thing about the heat before we move on to the final game is jaime Hakez jr gonna be in discussion for rookie of the year yeah if it was like a three dog or four dog race, then sure. Like, and I'm not saying this as discredit to him, but like, how does he break into the conversation with Chen and Wemby? You know what I mean? Like, those two mm-hmm. guys are just like so featured on their team. You have OKC, who's been such a darling this year, like top three in the West. And then obviously Wemby's doing Wemby things, and he's just so much of a freak. Jaime Hakas Junis, he's going to make an all rookie team, like, no doubt about it. But just like being in the rookie of the year conversation, it's just like, it's so hard to break through the narrative of the top two guys. Like, if this was a couple of years ago in a different race, like, I think he'd absolutely be in there, especially because he's just, like, gets so much love and appreciation for being, like, just a really good player. But I just find it hard to believe that he can break into the conversation with those other two guys. Fair enough. I I just have been blown away by him. We We mentioned heat culture from the very beginning, and I said it even though I butchered his name nonstop until I finally learned how to say it, okay? <laughs> Jaime Jaquez Jr. has been one of the most NBA-ready rookies I've seen in a long, long time. And it's honestly crazy that he fell all the way down to the heat. Because looking back, like I, I'm shocked <laughs> that he went as late as he did. And yeah, hindsight's 2020, but I was I saw him in college and I was like, ooh, that guy, that guy's a dog. And for him to be already in commercials with Jimmy Butler says something a lot about how they will view him in the future going forward. So that game will be fun to watch. Obviously, it hinges on if Jimmy comes and plays or not. But uh, that is your second last game. Wait, Jake, I sorry. I wanted to just ask, do you know what Jaime Hawkins Jr.'s nickname is on uh, Basketball Reference? No, give it to me. Oh, dude, this might make me want him to be Rookie of the Year. It's Juan Wick. <laughs> You're kidding. Oh, yeah. that's it's Juan Wick. That's so funny. I need to hear that so much more. That is incredible. <laughs> we should Juan give him Rookie Wick. of the Year. Yeah, for I that, know, I kind of want to. 
Yeah, he's my number one rookie of the year now. Thank you for telling me that. I'm going to be touting that the entire time. <laughs> uh, last game of the schedule for Christmas Day. Dallas Mavericks at the sputtering Phoenix Suns. Oh, my God. Uh, three and seven in the last 10 games for the Suns. Uh, they got Beal back, but clearly it's not working. Most recently got blown out by the Kings. Zulfie, what's happening to your sons, man? They haven't had any continuity. Like, they've been hurt. Beal, like, came back, and then he left again with an ankle injury. Like, he rolled it. So, like, they haven't been playing together. I'm looking at Santa and asking for a Christmas miracle. Get these guys healthy and playing together. Like, they need continuity. They did sure up their bench with a lot of, like, these, like, good signings throughout the offseason. And we were like, look, they added the depth that they needed. But that depth was still contingent on these top three guys playing. Like, it is literally turning into a Brooklyn Nets situation again for Kevin Durant, where, like, when the three guys are there and when they can play, they look really good. It just hasn't happened. I think, and I'm almost positive on this, the, the trio of Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant have played 25 minutes together. This season, like that's, that's crazy. it. Twenty five minutes. I believe that. So like, they clearly have no continuity. So what are they supposed to do? Like, can they still win this game? Yes, you have Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. They can go fucking bonkers. Shit, I swore. I'm sorry. Fuck uh, <laughs> Salty. What the hell? Yeah. Uh, they can go insane. I'm gonna stay as the only one on this podcast to have not sworn. I mean, we'll we'll convert right, you soon. Don't worry. Enough. Uh, they can go nuts, and I wouldn't be surprised, but that's not going to win you a championship, and it's not going to win you a lot of games consistently relying on Kevin Durant and Devin Booker to just go crazy. So they need more continuity with their top three guys. They need to get healthy at the same time, and then that'll translate as you go. And that's kind of all I see the Suns team. Like, it's boring, but I like kind of similar with the Raptors until they make a move. Until the Suns get healthy, I just don't know if I can evaluate them truthfully. Yeah, I totally agree. Just continuity. If they're not healthy, like, what are you going to do? Like, if your three best players can't play together, what are you going to do? Like, there's not really much analysis to give on it. But um, I can give a prediction on the game if you want. If you want, Go if you for want it. One. All right. Uh, Mavericks take it because I just really like Luca. Luca Mag- Magic, baby. You know, it's uh, it's Christmas time. Luca's one of the best players in the league. And he's going to crush them. I'm just calling it now. I don't. I don't think the Suns will be able to stop him. This is going to be a fun game too. These teams have beef. Like we already know the Luca Devin Booker like meme from the back uh, in the day with the Luca smiling at Devin. They don't particularly awesome. like each other, so this will be a fun game. I think good matchup. The bigs aren't super sexy in this matchup, but they're really, I guess, yeah. like they try really hard on both sides. So I think that'll be fun. I've been so high on Derek Lively. I think he's such a good rookie. So I'm excited to see him. But yeah, Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, that's fireworks. Let's see if there's anybody on the Mavericks that can really stop Kevin Durant. Uh, so I think it'll, I think it'll be fun in the game to see. You may have to wait on Derek Lively. He is has no timetable for his return, so it's most likely that he will not be playing on Christmas Day, which is hurt. a shame. And Kyrie's hurt too, is right? That again? sucks. Kyrie is hurt, yes. So it, it's looking like it might be a little bit shorthanded, but. Which goes in hand with them losing three games in a row. I did quickly on the Suns. Eric Gordon has been uh, kind of out in the media now recently demanding that he has more of a role on this Suns team while they get more and more undermanned. Is it like, does he know who he is? That like he's a, a role player and that like that's just what Eric Gordon is good at being. I, I, I don't think Eric Gordon has necessarily been bad for the sun so far, but I don't really see him being that guy. That's going to really put them over until that they get more guys playing. Like he's been fairly effective. He's still starting a lot of the games for them. He started 17 of the 24 games that he's played, but like, is Eric Gordon justified in his comments? I think, I think he's seen back that he, had a big role in the the Rockets with Harden and stuff. He was a pretty prominent player for them. Um, and to be fair, he's always had like a lot of talent in obviously shooting. He's also, I'm pretty sure, like in drives. I looked at this recently. He shoots like or he finishes like over sixty percent of his drives. I don't know if he does now. He's kind of older now, but throughout his career, he has. So he does obviously have something to offer, but like. You know, know your role, bro. Like you're not the guy. <laughs> like KD and and Devin Booker are the guys, and if they're going to be handling the ball 
get out of their way and get into an open spot. Like it's that simple. So I, I don't really think there's much warranted. Like he's, he's talking like he was like, like some like perennial all-star. You're not bro. I just, I don't get what more of a role he's asking for. He plays like 30 minutes a night. So I think his role, how's it meant to change in 30 minutes a night? He averages three assists. Like, do they want, does he want the ball more so he can pass it more? Does he want plays drawn up for him? Why are we working on plays drawn up for Eric Gordon? Because literally the second Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant are all there together, the offense is going to be completely centered around them. So, like, Eric Gordon, I get it. You want to fill in and you want more shots, more opportunities. But, hell, be a point guard and take more shots. Like, go ahead. But no one's going to want to draw a place for you in the current uh, phase of your career because, like, why are we practicing something we're just not going to aim to do in real situations? So I just I again justified sure like go ahead say whatever you want but do I think it's going to change much probably not. Surprised that these comments didn't come from Grayson Allen to be honest. <laughs> it seems like something that he would say over Eric Gordon. That wraps up the slate on Christmas. Let's move to under the Christmas tree. Zolfi, what are you looking for under your Christmas tree this Christmas? It could be like whatever you want, like a little small thing. It could be like unlimited budget. Think of whatever you want it to be. What do you want under that tree? Okay, I'll give you like my my real answer first before I give you like the unlimited budget. I can have anything. And this is going to be dumb because this is the biggest sign that I'm an adult now and I'm boring and stupid. Uh, the first thing I put on my Christmas list, just a lot of white socks. I just want socks, man. Like my, I run through uh, my socks. Uh, I love wearing white socks. I don't know what it is. I really like white socks a lot better with my outfits and stuff than like black socks or any other color. I'm very simple that way. Thank you for Dan for agreeing. But yeah, I just wanted like literally the first thing I put on my list. Like I don't care if they're from Costco. I don't care if they're from wherever. Just like clean white socks because literally all of mine are ripping. So I'm like I have to keep throwing them out and it's getting depressing because I don't have any more white socks and I hate wearing other socks. So that is my very boring adult answer. If you're asking for I guess a fun one or something if I had an unlimited budget, I would uh, – ask for a, a macbook pro because my current macbook is flying into outer space as we're speaking you can just hear the fans going crazy on this thing like it just can't keep up with everything i want to do i i've worked this thing into overdrive like santa works as elves on christmas so nice. i i would love a new macbook that would be like the more realistic answer but you know what i'll be very happy and grateful if i get socks i'm the complete opposite with socks it's underwear for me I need more underwear, and that's what I want. That's my. I thought you were about to one. say you need white underwear. I was like, that's not a good idea, man. I don't <laughs> no, know if that's gonna that, work. With. <laughs> that one's the bad idea one. No, that's my <laughs> practical one. I I need underwear, man. I run through those things like crazy. I just I'm hoping I'm hoping that the, those end up underneath my. Is that too much information? Often? I was gonna say you get a yeah. little upset tummy often. Why, why is, is that? that? <laughs> all right, IBS is a hell of a thing. All right, we don't need to be talking about that on the pod. Leave my stomach alone. Dan knows all too well about IBS. I do. It's it's a curse. It really is. As for unlimited budget, it's tough because it was tough. Like, so much that I would want. Yeah, you can go right? so many different directions. You can go an experience, something you like traveling. You could go like for an item, a service. Like there's a lot of different ways you can take this. I could. You know what? I'm I'm going to ask for a one-way ticket to anywhere in Europe. And one way, eh? One way. So that okay. I can go and make up for the time that I lost uh, in the COVID year. Because little fun fact, I don't know if you guys actually even know this, that when I was in my undergrad, I got accepted to go abroad and Whoa. study abroad in England. And then COVID okay. happened. So I was not able to actually go abroad. So I delayed my graduation by a year to go again. And everything was working out. Everything was like planned going back again. And uh, three weeks beforehand, they canceled everything once again. So I never actually got to experience going to Europe. And now everyone in my family has like my mom and dad go on cruises. It feels like every other month. My sister literally picks up her life and just leaves for six months to go to the, just goes wherever she wants. And uh, my little sister as well. So I went, was going to be the first and now I'm the last. So that is, uh, that's my all expenses trip. So if anyone that's listening to us, Dan Skov, if you want to start a GoFundMe for me and uh, help me get and reach my dream, 
to Europe, that would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah, I like that too. Um, yeah, so I also went really boring this year. I messaged uh, all of my family members. I said, please, God, no clothes this year because I don't wear the clothes you buy me. <laughs> so let's just keep it to essentials. I asked for my deodorant uh, that I always regularly use. I sent a picture to my mom and dad. I said, if you are going to buy me something, please buy me some deodorant. Uh, I also asked for face lotion that I use. I'm running low, and it's a pretty expensive face lotion, and I don't want to have to buy it. So uh, my stepmom's buying me a nice little tub of it, she said. So nice. just life essentials, body wash, stuff like that. Um so, so yeah, that's really we my, all like, picked underwear, socks, and body wash essentials. We are like the most boring adults dude, in the world. If our childhood adults, sell, yeah. if our childhood selves hurt us right now, they would beat us up. They would like I literally got, punch yeah. and kick us. Literally though, I opened up my present from my girlfriend early, and she got me Super Mario Wonder for the Switch, and I was like, "This yeah. is the most child." present i've ever gotten in like the best way possible in like over a decade mario though you know what i'm saying that's a great who who doesn't love it i was shocked and i was like felt like a little kid for a little bit and i was like oh maybe this is what christmas is missing maybe you should just bring me back 15 years from now before but like being an adult and getting excited about boring thing is like a different kind of fun like jess is like really good at getting like practical gifts for me when i was living in waterloo and like I was in a really crappy just apartment by myself. Like my rent was great because it was so cheap, but like I barely had any of the essentials. She got me like dishware for like our first Christmas, and you've never seen somebody more excited about pots and plates and stuff because I was like, oh my god, I can actually cook and do stuff now. Like being an adult and getting excited about mundane things is a different kind of fun, man. Well, it, it's it's low key nice, like flexing, like yeah, like you know, I got this like nice little cooking set. You yeah, know? I cook up nice meals with it and stuff. I mean, I'm an adult now, you know. Like, I got my no, first that's, knife set awesome. last year. Oh, knife sets! Oh, that really? would actually, wow. I would put that on my list for Christmas if I if I did like that. That would be. I think that's a cool gift, regardless. Actually, that's yeah. like essentials and also just super sick. Oh, yeah. they're like sleek and black too. They look so good. I've yeah, never cut anything is, more yeah. sexier than that's those. Dope. My knives are getting really so cool. dull. Like, I would love a knife set, right? Now, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, for my expensive gift, because there's there's no budget, right? There's no budget. I had a one way ticket to Europe. I think you're good. So whatever you pick, I'm I'm requesting two things then, and uh, I actually had these before you guys went. It's I guess we're all just the same born adults now. Uh, I wanted a MacBook Pro with all the bells and whistles, with like two terabytes of storage and mm-hmm. like 128 gigabytes of RAM or whatever Macs call it. I don't know what they call it, but uh, the MacBook equivalent of RAM. I want 128 gigabytes. Um. Yeah, just everything. Um, so that's my first one. And then my second one would be like a really like nice, relaxing, like tropical vacation because um, me and my girlfriend, uh, we've all the vacations we've taken the past couple of years have all been like adventure ad- vacations, you know, like like mm, a lot yeah. of exploration, like like wearing backpacks the whole time. Like I and now I'm working like basically full time and like I just want a break. You know, I just want to go lie down on a beach. <laughs> I just want to go lie down on a beach, read a book, and get sunburnt, Honestly, because I want to. I want to. Ac- I want the one where you're so relaxed that you accidentally fall asleep on the beach, and you're like, "Oh crap!" Like I can't move now because I'm all burnt. Like that type of vacation where you're just so relaxed. And like I, as we were talking, I was looking up some places, and uh, yeah, I think the type of vibe I'm thinking is like like Bali or Maldives or like Bora Bora places like that. And uh, I want a full week uh, vacation to there, fully paid for. I was going to say, is this like an all-inclusive, like, buffets every morning, that type of vibe? I'm thinking, like, yeah, 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 100%. Whatever, like, I don't want to do any work. I don't want – I'm not staying in no Airbnb. I'm done with Airbnbs, to be honest, because I'm I'm just tired of having to make my own breakfast. If I'm going to pay the same amount as a hotel, I'm going to just stay in a hotel and get free breakfast and my bed made every day. But – yeah, it would have to be all inclusive because I just I want to just lie down. I just want everything done for me. I want to go get massages, all of it, bro. So that's my those are my gifts: MacBook Pro and a beautiful tropical vacation to a, and also to a very expensive tropical place that I know I could never afford in real life. So yeah, one of those places. You need a D'Angelo Russell type of vacation, eh? The one where it costs five hundred thousand <laughs> for a vacation. You need one of those. Yeah. Yeah, the in-season tournament. Oh, what are you going to do with it? 500K? I'm going to go on vacation. That's like where one, are you going? one, maybe two vacations, I think. 
<laughs> yeah, like what you going to Mars or something, bro? Like where are you going? Like guys buying a crazy. spaceship as you speak. No, seriously. I've never been on a vacation anywhere close to like over I think a thousand dollars. So I, I couldn't even imagine where he's thinking of going. Yeah, the furthest I've like... ever been is literally Florida. Like that has been my really? only vacation destination. I've never gone anywhere else. That's why I wanted to go to Europe so badly and I got that taken from me. Farthest I've ever gone was New Zealand in 2019, right before the pandemic. I was actually in New Zealand when we beat uh, the Bucks, and uh, it was really cool because majority of people in New Zealand were Raptors fans, and I would go to bars there at around like noon or like 10 a.m. because obviously they're like the time difference is crazy, um, and it was really I was really worried because I booked it well before we made it to playoffs, and I didn't know we were going to make it that far. So I was like, I don't know, guys. Like, I need, like, obviously, I'm a massive, massive Raptors fan. So I was like, I don't know if I can, like, I'm really worried. Like, maybe we have to leave early and stuff like that. But I was like, you know what? Screw it. Like, I'm, if we make it to the finals, I'll be back for that. And actually, the first game uh, against the Warriors, I was in New Zealand watching it on my computer in, in the airport. Uh, oh, that's and, cool. And my, I think we won game one. We did, right? It did. That was the Siakam game where he dropped 31 points on Draymond's head. Right, my go, bro. Let's go. Um, yeah, uh, I was watching that in the airport, and then I got back for the finals and went downtown for every other game, and it's what an experience. But it was really cool seeing how like international the Raptors actually are. I think that goes a little underrated that they're actually a very popular team outside of North America because they're the only like not American team. Like there were people like that literally like were showing up in like full on Raptors tracksuits. I actually like ended up sitting with this guy because the bar was so packed to watch the game that like. Uh, there was just this booth that this one guy was sitting at. It was like a bigger booth. I was like, do you mind if we sit with you? It was me and my partner. And like, I'm like, do you mind if we sit with you? And he's like, yeah, no problem. This guy was wearing full like OVO Raptors tracksuit, like the gold and black. And like, it was like the one, the warm up like tracksuits the players wore. So I started talking to him and like, he was like a really cool guy. And he actually uh, met his wife. He, was, he wasn't with her anymore, but his, his ex-wife was from Toronto. And, and when he came to visit her, he went to a Raptors game. I think he said in like 2000, like, 10 and then he became a massive fan after that i was like wow 2010 years or what convinced you but good job man so he's a he's a big fan so it was really cool to see that that they're like pretty big outside of uh, north america so he trauma dumped you like this first time you met him yeah my ex-wife <laughs> just starts single tear rolling down his eye at the same time <laughs> yeah no he was pretty good with it he just said yeah my ex-wife was there and then i she took me to game and i fell in love with the raptors i was like oh hell yeah dude that's what it's all about man do you think there was Still someone raps, there faking cool. throwing t-shirts at people in the game crew? Uh, probably. What's that guy's name? I, I have a word with him. I do know who you're talking about. I'm not going to expose him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm just joking. Don't say his name on the pod. But I, I want to have a word with him. Hey. I'm just saying. Just come to the game next time and I'll throw you a t-shirt. Okay? It's not that hard. Okay. Just tell me All where right. you're sitting. I'll throw you a t-shirt. All right. Sounds good. How are you boys feeling? Feeling nice and festive now? Feeling like we're in the spirit? I'm ready for Christmas, man. Yeah. I want to start opening some presents. See what see what I got under the tree. I've been a good yeah. boy. Well, I, I think that's a good place to stop. Then this was our present to you. I'm going to give you guys just a little bit of a heads up what what we're planning for our next episode. Our thirtieth episode will coincide with New Year's, whether it is the New Year's beforehand, the 31st or the 1st, we'll figure that out a little bit later. We're not going to bore you with that, but we will be giving you guys our New Year's resolutions for every single team. That's right. Every single team. We got Zulfi and Daniel both on that. They're going to be giving us the East and the West, and we'll be reacting to everything. I think that'll be a fun way to bring in both the New Year and celebrate our 30th episode because you know what? We deserve it. 30 episodes. That's like a, what? Most people don't make it past five episodes, three episodes, yeah, whatever that like saying five. is. We're 30 strong. We lost our studio and we're still going. <laughs> so that'll be an exciting way to ring in the new year. As for this episode, that is it. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you do like what you listen, go and follow us wherever you can find us. Apple, Spotify, subscribe, five stars all that jazz leave us a review please we'll keep asking it until someone else does it you can find us at dream underscore team pod on twitter slash x and you can find us on instagram at dream underscore team underscore pod and you can follow me if you want at jake underscore schultz six as well zulfi where can they find you 
can find me on Twitter and Instagram. It's Zulfi underscore Shake, Z-U-L-F-I underscore S-H-E-I-K-H. Follow your boy. I've been grinding, putting out content. You want to learn about the Pistons and how bad they've been? I wrote a little something about that. Maybe they can snap the streak, maybe not. And hey, for the Raptors fans, if they keep losing, the game that would set the record is against the Raptors in a couple days. So either the Raptors are going to lose and snap that streak and everyone's going to hate the Raptors, or the Raptors can help the Pistons make some history by beating them. So pay attention. It'll be a good game. Speaking of Raptors, Mr. Raptor Vision. Uh, yeah, I got no faith in the Raptors beating the Pistons. I think the Pistons, I just, we're a cursed team. So the Pistons are absolutely going to break their, their losing streak against the Raptors. Um, and I'm very not ready for that. But uh, you can follow me uh, on Twitter at uh, Daniel J. Ramos without the vowels. So D-N-L-J for Jaime Jaquez, uh Jr. Nice. Yeah, no, that's actually my middle name. My middle name is Jaime. My dad's name is Jaime. Which is Jamie. I didn't know that. Yeah, but J's are pronounced as H in Spanish. So if you ever see a Hispanic player, the J is H. Why didn't you tell me that beforehand when I butchered his name so badly earlier in the season? I don't think I was on the pod for that. God damn it. I would have absolutely called that out, dude. Absolutely. (laughs) God damn it. Daniel, can you grow a goatee so we can call you Juan Wick? Uh, Brianna doesn't let me. Or my girlfriend doesn't let me. Yeah, she she hates facial hair. But uh, I, I try to grow it out. I do like it. But no, follow me on uh, Twitter at, uh, at D-N-L-J-R-M-S. And uh, yeah, I post my stuff from the star on there. Um, you can read my stories. So yeah, check that out. That's going to do it for us. Merry Christmas, everyone. We will see you guys as we're approaching the new year. Talk to you guys later. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year's.